This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views expressed by guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information discussed by guests on this program are those of the guests and is only for informational purposes and should not replace medical advice by your local veterinarian professional. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week, signs of aging issues in your dog, hemp-based treats for pets, and volunteer opportunities for you and your pet in the community. That's what's on our show today. Stay tuned. Hey. Do you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's Susan Marie. Hi. Welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie. And as always, I'm joined by my canine co-hosts, the doggy divas themselves, Francesca, Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is my little Italian greyhound rescue who is in the picture with the mic. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Not pumped about cleaning the litter box? Try World's Best Cat Litter Zero Mess, the litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter. That's right. You scoop once and you're done. No chiseling, no scraping, no crumbling, no problem. Looking for fast and easy litter box cleanup? Zero Mess. Try it. You're welcome in advance. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, Monica. Now, this is something that comes up. A lot of us have senior dogs. A lot of us have adopted and rescued senior dogs. And this is something that comes up that some people don't even recognize. I think that this is something that uh, that you need to bring to our attention. So let's talk about it. Yeah, I have a lot of clients that will talk to us. And they're just like, you know, she's she's just an old girl. She's showing those old girl signs, you know. And a lot of people don't realize that um, CDS, which is canine cognitive dysfunction syndrome, is a thing with dogs. Now, to kind of attribute it to something familiar, think of it as kind of doggy Alzheimer's. Um, some of the symptoms that your dog could be coming down with um, cognitive dysfunction is um, they'll go outside and kind of forget where they are. They sometimes wander kind of aimlessly. They seem to kind of, you know, they were going somewhere, but then they're not quite sure why. <laughs> um, oftentimes, many dogs will actually go to the wrong side of the door. So a dog that had always been used to going in and out, you know, they'll go to the side of the door that opens and all of a sudden they'll go to the hinge side for some reason and stand there. Um, you know, you'll get a lot of standing and staring off into space. What some of our clients notice more frequently than others is um sleep pattern irregularities. 
Um, they're pacing and wandering at night instead of, you know, sleeping more than they used to. Um, and the other thing that clients notice a lot of is sometimes they will have urination issues that they never had before. And not that the dog can't hold its bladder, but with cognitive dysfunction, sometimes like when they go outside, a lot of, I mean, not every dog is walked. People have fenced in yards, things of that nature. And we'll notice that, you know, some of these pets that just kind of go out on their own to kind of go to the bathroom and come back in, if the owner's not watching and then all of a sudden they start telling them these symptoms, you know, we'll talk to them and did you see them go to the bathroom? Well, no, I just let them out. You know, the yard's fenced in, but she went out at like midnight and at two o'clock in the morning, I walked up and there was pee on my floor, you know, and oftentimes they'll go out there and again, they wander aimlessly. They kind of forget what they're doing. They don't go to the bathroom, even though they were just outside (laughs) and then they come back in and there's a sense of urgency and you're sleeping and, you know, accidents happen. But those are kind of the things that start to happen when they get older. My older dog, Baby, um, who I'd had a couple of years ago that passed, she suffered from CDS. She would, uh, she was always just kind of standing in the corners. All of a sudden, I would see her just standing with her face facing the corner. And I'd look at her, I'm like, what are you doing? She would just stand there in the corner. Um, or she would get, you know, lost going in places. She was one that would go to the hinge side of the door, things of that nature. So if you suspect any of these signs, definitely talk to your veterinarian. They have supplements that you can give to kind of help with this. Um, they also have a drug called Anapril that they have done some studies on with CDS. I honestly have not seen much success with that drug for CDS. Not that it doesn't happen, but I personally, we've put, you know, a couple cases on it and hasn't shown the best results. Um, I did have a couple clients, though, that when they didn't see the results with the medication, they went to a dietary change. And um, Science Diet actually makes a diet called BD, which they refer to as their brain diet. And it's made specifically for these dogs with cognitive dysfunction. And it's great to start when they have the earliest signs, even if it's just a senior dog that is kind of starting to show some of those signs. It's extremely high in omegas, fatty acids, and those are the kind of supplements that you would give for that disease to kind of help. It's not going to reverse the effects, but it's going to help slow it down a little bit. Um, but we've shown very good success with that. But, um, you know, definitely talk to your veterinarian. Um, usually they have a little checklist they'll go through of different signs and symptoms and ask you, you know, do they do this? Do they do that? And, um, you know, kind of talk to them because there are some things out there you can do. And if you understand it, it's a little easier to, you know, kind of deal with the issue. But it does happen to dogs. And, you know, owners are just like, they come in and, you're going to think I'm crazy, but do dogs get Alzheimer's, you know, and they don't realize that, you know, it is common in senior pets. It does occur. It's not a huge percentage, but it happens. And if you can know about it and identify it and try to counteract it, then, you know, hopefully you can kind of slow things down a little bit. Well, I think that that's so great that that you gave that all that information because I think sometimes as a pet owner, you stop and I did have one of my dogs who had that she'd be standing in like the corner. She'd just stare into the corner and or she'd be, you know, some of the things that you spoke about. And she had a little bit of doggy dementia and she was elderly. And um, but 
it's something that you're like going, is it me? Is she, what is the matter? Is she blind? Is she this? And her eyes are fine and everything. But, you know, and I know what you went through with baby. And I know that we talked about it at the time. So I, I recognize what the signs were and we talked about it. But I just feel it's really important because sometimes people will say to me, you know, this is what's going on with my dog. And I'm going, oh, you should talk to your vet about doggy dementia. And they're going, doggy dementia? But it's there. It's out there. It's something you should talk to your veterinarians about because there are things that you could do, whether it be a dietary change or, you know, if you need, if your vet wants to prescribe a medication or supplementation or something. So I think it's so important. And I'm so glad that you brought this information to us. Thank you. Does your pet have inflammation issues? Have you ever considered hemp wellness treats? That's next. Stay tuned. Well, she's sitting curled up on my lap as we speak. <laughs> Beautiful Bella's my long-haired Dotson. She was thrown out of a pickup truck going 30 miles an hour, and she disappeared into the woods with the wild animals, uh, boars and coyotes. About four weeks later, she just appeared and she was a mess. Her fur was matted. She scratched almost nonstop. My friend suggested that I order this stuff called Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. She gobbles it up. She has been itch-free ever since, and her fur is gorgeous. Anyone out there who has a rescue dog, start them on a Dinovite diet for at least a 90-day period. They bond better with the people who take good care of them. They are going to be your buddy for a very, very long time. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. And we have with us Julianne Corella, CEO and founder of Treatables, a hemp wellness nutraceutical company for pets. Welcome, Juliana. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, our pleasure. Now, for our listeners, could you please share with us what hemp wellness treats are and what they're made from? Absolutely. So treatables are a cannabinoid product that is specifically intended for animals. And um, the cannabinoids that are used in the product come from the hemp and cannabis plants, and they're phytocannabinoids. And um, the main uh, phytocannabinoid that is in our product is CBD, but there's about five other active compounds in there as well, and they're all non-psychoactive uh, compounds from the plant. Now, when people hear the, you know, CBD or whenever they hear the that type of language, they wonder, is it you know, is my pet going to have some sort of a reaction to it or is it toxic to my pet? But this has no THC. There's no like toxicity in there, correct? Correct. Yeah. There's a very, very tiny amount of THC, which is beneficial, but it's um, not going to be in a toxic dose. I mean, um, dogs especially are very sensitive to all cannabinoids. So they tend to um, develop problems like static taxia um, from THC toxicity. So we want to avoid that at all costs. CBD is really 
more of a neutralizer. So um, in some cases, CBD can help with THC toxicity, um, but it's also used in the product for, you know, a number of other health reasons, and, and that's why it's really the main feature of the product. Um, nothing in treatables is going to get an animal high. They're, the compounds that are in the product just are not psychoactive in nature. So. And I think that that somehow is a misconception because I think sometimes people hear about products such as yours and that's immediately where they go to. They say, oh, but it is not like that at all. In fact, let's get into what your product actually is and what you have because you have treats and you have different products um, Mm -hmm. in there and and what they help our pets with. Sure. Well, so we started off with the dog chews, and that was the first product that we made. We're just about to release our grain-free line of uh, dog chews in four different flavors. Um, We also have dropper bottles and capsules, which are great for other animals. And we've got a lot of cats using the dropper bottles and lots of rabbits, hamsters, and any smaller animals that's suitable for them. Um, and then the capsules, uh, those are great for medium to large size animals. The horses can use our 25 milligram capsules. We've got um, quite a lot of horse customers <laughs> that use the product. Um, so it's really, uh, it's really, there's something on our menu for every animal. Um, all animals do have an endocannabinoid system except for insects. So they're all going to respond to these compounds that are in the plant, just like humans do. Their responses might be different than humans, and in many cases they are. Um, But we've seen enough um, evidence and enough research, actually, that shows just how beneficial um, phytocannabinoids are for animals. Now, you have your treats come in some different flavors. What are the flavors that your treats come in? Yeah, we've got pumpkin, blueberry, and we're about to introduce turkey and sweet potato. And the sweet potato product is a product that we've co-branded with the Villalobos um, Rescue Center in Louisiana. Um, Mariah, who runs that, who you might uh, be familiar with from the TV show Pitbulls and Parolees, she um, wanted to do a co-branded product with us because her dogs at the shelter have been um, using the product for over a year now for uh, when they, you know, they have a lot of anxiety when there's thunderstorms. A lot of the pit bulls there have, you know, arthritis and um, some of them, you know, have a lot of pain. So Treatables has been used in that um, rescue for over a year now. And the Villalobos product is something that we co-branded with, with them. Um, it's really a, a tribute to her dog, Tater Tot who has, you know, experienced a lot of relief using treatables. Yeah, he's tater tots adorable, by the way, you know. Um, and yeah. and that's it's a good it's a good picture for your brand too. It's the it's it's a it's a wonderful kind of way to to show that it's great for calming the pet down and it's also good for there's anti inflammatory features also to this, correct? Yep, absolutely. We've got a lot of aging animals mm-hmm. using the product. It's really great for um, joint inflammation, any kind of inflammation at all. Um, CBD and phytocannabinoids in general are fantastic for, we hear a lot of feedback from, you know, elderly dog owners that say, you know, my dog is literally acting like a puppy again. I don't know what happened to his limp. It's gone. He doesn't seem to be too upset with arthritis. He's not waking up in the middle of the night moaning anymore. Um, that's a common story that we hear a lot. 
That's great. So pet parents have gotten back to you and told you how great that their pets are. That's a really positive response. So pet parents are getting back to you telling you how great the results are from what their pets are going through, correct? Yeah, we get uh, we get about five to ten product reviews every day coming to us, and 95% of them are incredibly positive. You know, there's a small percentage of animals out there that may not respond, or maybe the pet owner didn't give the right dosage or so forth, but overwhelmingly um, positive responses. And there's some really great testimonials as well. Um, People send in stories and videos, before and after videos. And and we just revamped our website, so we're starting to load all those um, different things to the new website. But you can certainly find those um, product reviews and, and some testimonials on our website as well. You know what I wanted to ask? When the pet parents give their pets the treats, for these results, how long does it take for the treatables? How long would it take for them to take effect? I mean, how long would it take them to see results? We've actually heard from a lot of pet owners that it was just a matter of five to ten minutes, and then we've heard that it can be up to a half hour or an hour, and I think it just really depends on the animal. They seem to respond quicker than humans, that's for sure. Um, Just across the board, that's what we've heard. But different animals are going to need, you know, a different uh, dosage depending on their, you know, their ailments and the severity of it. We've suggested one milligram CBD for every 10 pounds, and um, that seems to be a really good place to start. Uh, Many animals respond to that dosage, and, and many of them only need one dose a day. Some animals are using the product three or four times a day. You know, again, it really really depends on the severity of their condition. And, you know, we've even got pet owners that have perfectly healthy animals that don't have a lot of anxiety, but maybe when they take the animal to the vet or when they go to get groomed, they save the product for those particular moments that the animal's going to need it. So it's, it's something that an animal could use every day without any harmful side effects safe and non-toxic, or they could use it as needed, and that might be once a month, you know? If We talked about horses. We talked about dogs. How about, are are these good for cats also and some smaller animals? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, The droppers are really popular with our um, cats and um, rabbits, hamsters, um, gerbils, any any kind of smaller animals certainly respond. you know, we've got a lot of cats that are on Prozac and other uh, pharmaceutical drugs that are able to use treatables either instead of those or in conjunction with. Oh, that's great because we do have a lot of feline listeners too. So I know that that is something that people would want to know because a lot of times um, some of the the medications or sometimes we talk about things that are good for larger pets, but they're not good for the smaller pets. So this is really great. Mm-hmm. Now, for people who want to learn more about it or where are your treats available? How can they get your treats and where are your treats available? So we have a website. It's treatables.com. And um, people can order directly from our website or they can find a store near them. We're um, selling the product in over a 1,000 pet stores across the country. So you can go to the store locator on the website and just plug in your um, zip code and then you'll find a shop um, near you. Otherwise, we're happy to send products. We've got a fulfillment center that um, handles all of our um, e-commerce orders and but the website is treatables. I'll spell it because it's, it's purposely misspelled. It's T R E A T I D L E S. 
Facebook.com. And and there's a lot to learn on it. And I have to tell you, you have the most adorable pups on your um, on your website. Those the oh, little pet you. pups are adorable. <laughs> and there's just a lot of information on there for people who want to know, for people who may have a concern, who don't understand it. I think it's you know it's pretty self explanatory. And there's a lot of information on there. You know, Juliana, I just wanted to ask a little bit about your background and what you. Um, how how long you've been involved in this? Because you have a very vested interest in this. You've been in this for a while in this business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. We started um, one of the first edibles companies in the world, uh, Auntie Dolores, back in 2008, and we still have um, that that organization. It's uh, you know alive and running in California, and it's primarily a THC edible product designed for humans. And um, in sort of a roundabout way, it inspired Treatable, which um, I started developing in 2012 and 2013 is really the official um, launch year of of, uh, Treatable. But what happened was, you know, when we started Auntie Dolores in 2008, we were making THC um, cannabis edibles for humans. And some of the patients that were using that product started to ask us, can I give this you know, your savory pretzels to my dog, or can I give this to my cat? And we were just obviously concerned about that because a lot of us have seen dogs accidentally get high from eating, Mm -hmm. you know, a cannabis edible of their, you know, parents. So that's that's not what Treatables is about. Um, And so we realized we need a product that's going to be suitable for animals. And CBD is is the way to go because it's non-psychoactive. It has amazing results. And um, if there's not something like this on the market available, then cannabis enthusiasts across the country and across the world are just most likely going to try giving an inappropriate um, product to their animal in hopes that it will help them. And uh, that's that's where the education really comes in and is important where we need to um, get people to understand that, you know, THC is not not necessarily the first thing you would want to consider giving your animal. Um, in many cases, you got to avoid it. So that's where the education and the science is, is a big big part of what we do. Well, I'm really glad that you did it because it it did it incorporated so that pets could take it. And I think that people, you know, just out of the fact that they didn't understand it, were probably giving their pets something and that they didn't understand what the, like you said, the appropriate dosage, whereas what you provide is very specific to the dosage for what the, you know, the weight is for your pet, what your pet is. So what you've provided and what your research has done we're all benefiting from. So I wanted to thank you for that because I just wanted everyone to know that you have a pretty extensive background in this. So this is, this is, you know, this is the real deal. So again, yeah, I want everyone to go to treatable, T-R-E-A-T-I-B-L-E-S.com and you can learn more about it and learn where uh, you can purchase it or just to be able to find more about Juliana and about uh, this great, these, all your great products because you have a lot of them up there. So, and good luck with your rollout of your new flavors. I think they're going to be oh, a hit. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. thank you so much for being on our show and um, have a great week. Thanks so much. Take care. You too. Hi, Doggy Diva Show listeners. Susan Marie here to take just a half a minute to let you know how much we appreciate your being with us every week to hear great dog tips you can use with your pet, some great stories about rescues, 
fostering and some heartwarming stories about second chances for pets who are now in loving forever homes. Be sure to go to our website, thedoggydiva.com, to see pictures of Miss Olive and other dogs we talk about on the show and get to know us a little better. That's thedoggydiva.com, D-O-G-G-Y. We appreciate your feedback, too. Okay, let's get back to the show. How can you and your pet volunteer to help others in need and make a difference in your community? That's up next. Stay with us. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. And we are honored to have with us pet partners who really believe that the human-animal bond is mutually beneficial relationship that improves our physical and emotional lives, transforming lives that lead to healing. And I'm so honored to have Natalie Pond, who is the Pet Partners Marketing and Strategic Partnership Coordinator. Welcome, Natalie, to the Doggy Diva Show. No, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, no, we love pet partners. And they've been around for over 40 years. Can you please tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about pet partners? Absolutely. This is our 40th year anniversary, so very excited to be celebrating this huge milestone. Um, Well, as you were saying, Pet Partners' mission is to improve human health and well-being through the human-animal bond. And what does that mean exactly? At Pet Partners, we believe that contact with animals improves human lives, which could be their social, physical, or emotional wellness. And there's actually a growing body of what's called human-animal interaction research that confirms many of these things that I think us as pet owners have already known for a long time to be true. Um, So at Pet Partners, we base all of our work on this basic principle that animals make our lives better. And as such, we owe it to them to treat human-animal interaction with respect. Um, So that means being cognizant of things like safety, harmony, and animal welfare. Um, Most of what we do as an organization is accomplished through what's called our Therapy Animal Program. So that's a nationwide volunteer-based program where people volunteer with their pets, perhaps visiting patients in a hospital or elderly residents in a nursing home. Um, Pet Partners provides comprehensive education for our human handlers and an evaluation process for the therapy animal team, um, team being the combination of a handler and an animal working together. And all of this is done through us to ensure that the team is suitable for this very special type of volunteerism. So at this time, we operate in 50 states, and we currently have more than 15,000 volunteers. So again, that's nationwide, and that does include nine species of animals. So we register more than just dogs. Um, We also register cats, equines, llamas and alpacas, miniature pigs, rabbits, rats, guinea pigs, and also birds. Wow. 
Wow, that is like really great. Now, we had mentioned, um, you had mentioned the volunteers, and you also mentioned the therapy program, which I think that you have a totally compassionate, you have a terrific therapy program. Can you just tell the listeners just a little bit about that and if they'd like to get involved in that program? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So as I mentioned, our therapy animal teams complete a screening process through us that demonstrates their suitability to participate in a wide range of volunteer opportunities. So once volunteers have gone through what's called a registration process with us, um, they get to independently determine when and where and how often they want to volunteer. Um, so some volunteers gravitate toward a particular setting. Maybe they're really excited about going into a local children's hospital or maybe a veteran's home. Um, I've spoken with volunteers who were like retired classroom teachers, for example, who are excited about going into the schools. So it really just depends on the individual volunteer and what they're passionate about, as well as, of course, what their animal's suitable for. Animals do actively sometimes gravitate toward different populations. Maybe they're really great with kids or really great with older people. So all of that's going to factor into how a volunteer decides where they're going to go. But what we're doing is we're providing teams with the education and preparedness to adapt their skills to whatever environment is best. Uh, suited for them and their animal. Um, And our registration process is mostly done online. So there's an online application record where all of your information ends up being stored. So online, you can take our required handler course, which is directed toward the human end of the leash, not the animal. So it's going to look at things like um, best practices in infection control and strategies for volunteering in different types of facilities, as well as our policies and procedures. It's that type of course, as opposed to an animal training course. The volunteer online can also find an animal health screening form that gets a vet signature on it that verifies for us that the animal does meet certain health requirements to be able to safely participate. And online, they can also review a calendar of events to find their in-person team evaluation, one that's local in their area. Um, Because we're nationwide, the online registration process ensures that anybody, anywhere can access the information that they need about pet partners, which helps them get connected and stay connected, you know, even as they finish the process and go on to become a volunteer and start visiting in their local community. They're still well connected to us through updates about policies, things like that. So they're always kind of in the loop with everything pet partners. And this process is pretty self-directed. It could take just a few weeks or um, it could take a year. It just depends on the person and their schedule and what they're able and willing to do. We're not going to put a lot of pressure on volunteers as to what timeline um, they're going to accomplish this in. It's really going to be up to them as to what they um, feel they can do and, and feel comfortable with doing. Just to give you a sense of What's involved, the handler course that I was talking about, that's kind of the um, handler skills-based course that's going to look at infection control and policies, um, that takes about two to three hours. So it's not a major time commitment. And then the in-person team evaluation, which is the skills and aptitude screening of the handler and animal working together, that's about a 45-minute session, which is, again, done in person in the handler's local area. Um, And it's actually designed off of a mock therapy animal visit. So it's able in that way to give us really accurate representative information about how a volunteer and their animal will do in the real world, which is the most important thing to us. The evaluation is not an obedience trial. It's not a CGC. We're looking at whether the handler and the animal communicate respectfully and easily, whether the animal responds to the handler's cues readily, but not necessarily perfectly, um, whether the handler is going to be a good advocate for their animal, you know, guiding safe interactions with the clients they're visiting. So that might be something like, oh, Fluffy really likes to be petted this way, or if a a person that they were visiting might get a little rough just because they don't know animals or maybe they're a child 
that doesn't have a lot of experience, is the handler going to step in and say something like, oh, Murphy prefers it if you pet them softly this way, um, kind of demonstrating for clients what the safest way and best way is to interact with their animal. And then also, of course, whether the animal thrives off of human company. That's the most important predictor for success in our program is whether the animal is going to be not comfortable, not just comfortable with meeting you, who they already know and are well bonded to, but are they going to be really comfortable meeting lots of strangers in a strange or different environment? And I think it's worth pointing out, too, that the evaluation process does vary depending on what the animal species is. So, of course, we're going to evaluate a dog differently than we would evaluate a guinea pig. So that's a little bit of a description of what the process is like in a nutshell and kind of what some of those requirements are that someone might want to be aware of before they get started with that application process, which they can do online at any point. Well, and that's very thorough and that really encapsulates what it is to be a volunteer and the different, what you really need to go through to be a part of this. And and it really is quite simple. And can you just give out the website first? We're going to go through it again later on in the interview, but can you just give out the website so that the listeners can, if they want to go to the website right now to kind of look at this, what we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is petpartners.org. So that's petpartners with an S on the end and .org. Great. And, you know, Natalie, you talk with such passion about what you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, absolutely. Sure. Um, well, so my background's a little bit of a smorgasbord. I graduated from Whitman College in Walla Walla in the state of Washington in 2014 with a degree in English literature. But after my undergrad, I spent time in a dressage barn and a horse barn. I was training horses, teaching lessons, going to shows, all of that. Um, so my primary animal background has been with horses. Um, I still love horses, of course, but I'm currently a city dweller, so I don't get a whole lot of that in my life at the moment. Um, I took a job with Pet Partners in September 2015, and at that time, I was actually working directly with volunteers. I think that's kind of where you get some of that passion, is I really have worked very closely with the therapy animal program. So at that time, I was talking with volunteers, supporting them remotely with things like technical assistance with their applications, answering questions about policies and procedures, anything that would come under the umbrella of their volunteer journey with pet partners. That was me. I'm pretty much the front door, or at that time, I was pretty much the front door into the therapy animal program. Um, And as you pointed out at the beginning of the interview today, my role is actually in marketing and strategic partnerships, which um, basically means that I get the opportunity to have a whole bunch of conversations like this one, spreading the word about what we do, why it's important, and also how corporate partners can get involved in supporting our missions. And sometimes this isn't apparent right away, but Pet Partners is a, actually a 501c3 nonprofit, and our programming is supported in large part by gifts from individual donors, foundations, and also caring companies who also believe in the human-animal bond the same way that we do. And that's very important, and I'm glad you brought that up. And there's another thing that's coming up that's very important. You have an event coming up um, in September. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, September 8th and 9th. So we are hosting our first conference in a decade. Um, Some listeners, maybe if they've been involved in this world for a long time, they'll be aware of the name Delta Society. That was actually our organization's original name when we were founded in 1977. When we rebranded as Pet Partners in 2012 to kind of get more in line with what we were actually doing as an organization, the Delta Society kind of could be a little bit... um, abstract or sort of unclear about what our mission was, and we really wanted to get in touch with that, so that's the name change. But in the years that we were Delta Society, we used to do a conference every year annually, um, because 
when the organization was founded in 77, it was really research-based. Um, our founders were involved in um, psychology and um, in veterinary medicine, and their goal was to actually support research studies that demonstrated um, basically the value that animals have on human lives and from a clinical research standpoint point of view, and we've kind of shifted away from that. I mean, we still are heavily research-based in what we do, but we're not actually actively supporting research studies, you know, financially or anything like that the way that we were in those early days when we were basically aggregating human-animal bond research. So the conference kind of comes out of that academic background, that focus on how do we accumulate this really essential information, these important studies, and disseminate this information to a population of people who are really interested and passionate about the human-animal bond. Um, but because we still have these strong academic roots, you know, everything we do is informed by current research, by experts in the field, um, we wanted to bring back the conference in honor of that 40th year anniversary and really kind of mark a milestone for us and kind of how far we've come and uh, how much we've been able to deepen our programming. Um, so the conference is a two-day event on September 8th and 9th here in Bellevue, Washington, where we're based, which is, again, just east of Seattle, and we're having a huge variety of speakers, both from kind of strong academic backgrounds. We have researchers like Dr. Maggie O'Hare, who studies um, the relationships between um, children on the autism spectrum and animals, to people like Phil Arco, who studies the link, which is um, basically a theoretical concept that addresses the relationship between people who abuse animals and people who abuse children or their spouses, so kind of a domestic violence conversation. So um, it really... There's a variety of different mm. topics. Some are happier than others, but um, all very important, salient topics. And then we also have folks like Steve Dale, who um, is a wonderful speaker on animal behavior and fear-free homes. So we're really getting a, a big gamut of talkers between folks who are, again, sort of that high academic who are currently doing research on the human-animal bond and folks who are more on the behavioral end of things. Actually, our keynote speaker is going to be Patricia McConnell, who is quite well-known in the field, and I think that's going to be a really great talk as well. So a lot of great content, two full days, um, and a wonderful dinner on I believe it's Friday evening, the first evening, um, and Dr. Aubrey Fine, who is a child psychologist at Cal Poly Technic University, will he, he'll be the keynote that night. So lots of really amazing people and an opportunity also to network with um, lots of people who are equally passionate about this. So we're having tons of volunteers, but also researchers coming internationally to participate in the event, not just to speak, but to actually be present. And there's some structured networking opportunities as well. So really looking forward to that. That's going to be a really fun and informative event this fall. So we're really proud to be putting that on for sure. Wow. And it sounds so, like you said, it hasn't gone on in a while. It sounds like you, it's bringing so much in so that so many people are going to be able to uh, have so much available to them. Um, it, it really sounds like a very impactful, very, it's like a great event. So a lot well, we available. That, yeah, we realized that there was a, a need. People are hungry for this information. We get uh, quite literally hundreds of inquiries a week from people who have questions about everything in this field, so many different places for people to fit in, whether they're a professional, like a therapist, for example, want to, to incorporate their own companion animal into their practice, or whether they want to volunteer. There's just so many questions that people have, and we're still in this position. Pet Partners is still, to this day, a major source of information, a major source of leadership and guidance. So um, we see a need, and we're going to try and fill it as best we can. Well, I truly believe that um, 
pet partners that you truly get the power of what the human and animal bond is and how that could be a healing power. I, I really believe that your organization gets that. So that's why it's so um, thrilling for me to have you on the show today to to share with our listeners all about what it is that you do there. Now, for um, for the listeners to learn more about pet partners, to learn more about the event, to learn more if they want to be a volunteer or to read about it, because there's a lot that you have on your website for people who or are looking to get involved in it. Yes, absolutely. We're at www.pet partners with an S on the end, .org. So that's where you could find any of that information that you were just talking about, how to volunteer, how to give back, how to um, stay informed about what we're up to. All of that is going to be on the website, which again is petpartners.org. And this, the show is heard nationwide, and I just want you to know that there are all over the country, it provides availability where you can find, um, if you want to volunteer, there, it's, it's all over the country that you could find this availability or find out this information. So, yeah. yes, yeah, so this is a really great organization, and it's been around a very long time. So um, I wish you the best. I think that, um, uh, that your event on the 8th and 9th sounds so compelling. It's going to be really great and exciting, and I think that there's going to be great things coming out of that. So, And it was such an honor to have you on the show, Natalie, and, um, and I know that you're doing a lot of good things out there. So thank you very much. So, well, you're very kind. My deepest gratitude to you for having us on. It was a real pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you very much, and you have a great day. Hey, thanks. You too. We would like to thank our guests this week. And also, as our doggy divas always say, please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone. That's all for this episode of The Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, the Doggy Diva Show, and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and the Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.